welcome to Season 5 of Sundays with Wendy, Conversations on Grief. I don't shy away from talking about grief. In this season, it was important to explore these powerful talks in support of our work at the Benjamin Goldberg Foundation. Thank you for listening. To learn more, visit BenjaminGoldbergFoundation.org. Today, we continue the Conversations on Grief with Michelle Finley, licensed clinical social worker, dear friend, and one of Benjamin Goldberg Foundation's founding board members to talk about the uniqueness of grief with family. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Wendy. I'm so happy to be here. I think it's a topic that you and I have openly talked with one another about for many years, so it's nice to be here talking to you and sharing with others. Can you tell us some of the aspects of grief you feel like are important that you see? Yes. In your earlier introduction, the use of the word unique is really a key word for today for talking about this. I do clinical work with children, teens, adults. Um, I see families different places within the grief process, and I think that one of the most important pieces is acknowledgement that grief is unique for each of us, and that's true even within a family unit. And I think that when you're really talking about what, you know, the impact of that loss on the family, you do have to look at each person as an individual and their unique experience. If you think about the loss of someone in an immediate family, the role that person held was unique. So it could have been one person's father to another, it was a spouse. And those losses are very different. So I think that it impacts upon the relationship. So each person within that family is in a different place in their life. And it may come out in behavior, right? There may be changes in behaviors that need to be addressed. But it's just a gentle way that you do that, right? And it's by acknowledging that there's feelings probably present in whatever actions those people are taking or how it's affecting them. And how do you see families support each other in the way that they're grieving and then to support the other family members? That seems so tricky almost. Yes, and in the practice that I'm in, I work a lot with families that have young children um, or teenage children. You know, young children, they seem more armed to do it more in spurts, right? Like where they may be, you know, feeling and experiencing that loss, and then they may be outside playing and running around, and that that's okay. They're not processing it all at once. Teenagers may experience, you know, and they may show that grief in a different way. They may turn more towards their friends. You know, they're at the developmental stage of, their independence, becoming who they are. So they may pull away a little bit from that family support and turn to their friends. So what does support to the teenage children mean? It might mean being present with them in whatever activities they enjoy. The key is how do we help each of our family members find that feeling of love and support? How do we show up? And I think that's acknowledgement, you know, communication and allowing the space to talk about the loss of a parent who has maybe lost their spouse to allow your kids to see that your emotion. You know, I, I often work with parents who, who try to keep their tears away or they'll tell me they, you know, don't want to cry in front of the kids too much. So it's, it's letting them see that you are hurting and that you are sad, but at the same time you can be there sitting with them and giving them the space that they might need. One of the other big things that you and I have talked about too is not being too worried about exactly what you say. You know, we could have a whole episode, right, on the right things or 
also the importance of showing up, even if it's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. more important that you're there, helping them feel loved and taken care of. Can you share some examples of seeing in your practice that have a healing aspect? I think of families who really keep the presence of the family member who has died is keeping that memories and could be photographs in the house or keeping things in the home that are still going to help us remember and talk about that person. Like you had asked earlier, like through my work, I've seen bringing that into different milestones and different celebrations. One of my greatest gifts of being here at the agency I work at for over 25 years is I have worked with families through part of their lifetime. So I have you know, started working with a young lady when she was three or four and lost her father, and now she's in college. So, you know, that comes to mind how she hasn't been in therapy with me throughout that time period, but may call up and I'm still here and may want to come back in and just talking to her about how her family and she might celebrate her father even at the time of her high school graduation or how she's going to bring him to feel a part of her college experience. I think that's so important. I was just at a family wedding and my niece was getting married and the DJ came on, played a Michael Jackson song and said, this song is for Ben. Even years out, you're wondering, what would he be doing? What would he be dancing? And, you know, to think that he was included in a moment meant a great deal to me. And I think it's natural that often people hesitate to do something like that because they think I'm going to bring the sad feelings up at a joyful time, but it's okay. Right? I think that that probably brought a mix of emotions for some of you to remember that bringing up that person, that's not the sad piece. That the sadness is already there. Mm-hmm. But it's okay to bring it up and talk about it and have it around. Like, you know, I work with another family, the father who had passed away and had loved key lime pie. So at the wedding, at the dessert table, there was key lime pie. So similar to the Michael Jackson song. It's wanting the memory of that person and the celebration of that person even in 10 years, 15 years, or 20 years, right? We still want that to be a piece of who our family is. And I think that goes along with the idea that family members, right, to be with each other, to support one another, and to take off your shoulders the feeling that you need to heal each other. That's not your job. You're not there to only sit down and figure out exactly how do I make them not feel sad anymore. It's how do I sit with them in that sad How do I share that grief and those emotions with them and be next to them and present through it, even if I'm experiencing it as well? Right. You shared a quote with me earlier. Yes, we were talking about what are some things that we can do? What can families do to help? We always like to hear some advice, how to begin to heal. And Alan Wolfelt is a well-known grief counselor. And he had a quote that I thought was wonderful speaking about the concept of using hope and joy and how we bring that into our grief. Um, And here's one of his quotes was that you can foster hope while you embrace grief. They are not mutually exclusive. In fact, they grow from the same rich soil, authentic, conscious living. And I think that's about acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. allowing it to still appear. And I feel so grateful because Ben was so known in the community and I get the chance to be present and people will come up and say things and it's amazing. It is. I think about a young woman I am talking with now who is in college who lost her parents. And she shared with me something that I've heard from families and from individuals is that 
it's harder as time goes because people stop asking and people stop talking about that person mm-hmm. and that the hurt is still there. I think it's out of love often and not knowing what to say or do I talk about them. We all need to talk about grief a little more in general. Like you said, it's a topic that needs to be spoken about and needs to be given permission to be talked about. I know. I almost feel like it's a little taboo sometimes. Or when you leave a service or a funeral, you come home and then there may be some extended family or, you know, we were so lucky to have Shiva and, you know, feel very loved during that time. But at some point, people forget that you're still dealing with it on a daily level. And that is what I hope these conversations share, that this is a process. I will have this grief. It's woven into the facets of my life now, but I'm not expecting that it's ever going to go away entirely. I know we use the word show up, right? Or be present or reach out, whether it's a friend or a family member. I always hear the saying in 10 years, I'm not going to remember exactly what you said, if you said the right words, but they might remember who sat next who was there, who knocked on the door and even brought them a meal or reached out to say, it's your family member's birthday. Do you want to do something in memory? Do you want to celebrate? And I think it's unique for each of us. We are each unique and so is our, our grief experience. For none of us, is it a straight path that has an end? It has its turns and its corners and when you then blend that together where you have a family system and their needs are different and their developmental phase is different from teens to a child to an adult and you could have cultural differences, you could have life experience differences, you know, our previous losses impact how we grieve. So all of those factors and so many more, I can understand how it's confusing. I think it's pause and take a breath. And realize that you don't have to heal each of the people in the family. The greatest gift you can give is being there for one another and showing your love and giving the space. Help them find the person who can help if you can't. You know, there are professionals. They have other support systems. Michelle, can you share what grief counseling is, what that really looks like? Sure. Sometimes it's important to reach out to professionals. Could be with one family member. Could be with you know, the whole family unit to come and to talk about their experience, to talk about their loved one, um, to share, you know, memories, how they're feeling now, what their experiences are. And that could look different for each person and each family. So I think that each individual has their own unique experience as well as their unique need. Um, So really for me as a grief counselor, it's forming that relationship, providing that safe, trusting space to feel that they can find what is going to help them and what's going to support them as they heal. You know, in that counseling process, it is figuring out and helping to be in touch with their experience to use different modes. It could be talking It might be music and art and allow their emotions and acknowledge them and experience them both as an individual and as a family. I also have the benefit of working in a practice that has numerous grief counselors. So even if I'm seeing one individual, you know, oftentimes other individuals could be seen by other therapists because of that need to also have their own space 
and find what works for them. Because you really have to recreate your roles. Mm-hmm. And it's going to create a unique and new family, right? You know, things are different. Doesn't mean it's good or bad. New traditions, new ways of being. And through that, carrying on and continuing the acknowledgement as well of the loss. So who are we becoming and who are we each and as a family now? And how do we even continue to bring all of our loved ones, even those who have died, into that new or present family? That feels like healing. Yeah. And just give grace to each other, right? To being our, our own selves. I love it. Well, thank you for coming on today. Share with us how we can get a hold of you. Yeah. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker at Jewish Family Service of Tidewater. Um, so I'm right here in Virginia Beach. I can be reached at 757-459-4640. Or you can reach me by email at m Fenley at jfshamptonroads.com. Thank you again, Michelle. You're welcome.